A strange force has entered the galaxy. The future of mankind is at stake. It could only mean one thing. Greetings, Captain. Spock! I do not think you realize the gravity of your situation. The vacation is over. Now, the crew of the Starship Enterprise... Enterprise, are you ready? ...is taking adventure where it has never gone before. What are you standing around for? Do you not know a jailbreak when you see one? From the mind of a madman... Hostile force has taken control of our vessel. Mr. Solo, full ahead. Through the center of the galaxy... You know we'll never make it through the Great Barrier. ...to the final frontier... Fascinating. How often have you done this? Actually, it's my first attempt. Fire the rockets! You never cease to amaze me. Nor I myself. This is the boldest trek of all. Warp speed now. Star Trek V, The Final Frontier. Mr. Scott, you're amazing. There's nothing amazing about it. I know this ship like the back of my hand. Hello and welcome to another Star Trek special as we explore strange new worlds, seek out new life and civilizations, and get sexually excited by a giant cat that lap dances for us. <laughs> yes, it's Star Trek V, The Final Frontier, and joining me to know this ship like the back of his hand, oh, is Paul Litchfield. <laughs> da, 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 da. Hello. Hello. Oh, I knew you were going to mention the cat lady really quick off the bat. I, think I didn't realise it would be in the intro. <laughs> very memorable character. She's a very memorable character. Does she have three boobies? I think she has six. She, no, she, I'm sure, no, not like that. She didn't like, oh. like that much of her. Do you know what? I, is there a time where you go to the Nimbus Paradise City and she's on, but she's had an operation, so she's got a cone on her head? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there is. It's just like... <laughs> she, She's she, she's not she's not as good as she normally is. Yeah, <laughs> snorting catnip and climbing up the wall. Yeah, bless. Anyway, Star Trek Five, John. We're on number five. We're on five. We're on five. The film that nearly killed the franchise. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it really did. But you know what? I really like. I it. love it. Yeah. Yeah. I same. Love it. I think I have mm. such a soft spot for this film. Yeah, I do. Yeah. I think it's got one of the best plots of all. It's of got them. a really good plot. What mm. I like is is um it's really played for laughs mm. a lot. Yeah. Which considering it's a film about trying to discover the ultimate answer to life. Mm. <laughs> it's yeah. a really interesting juxtaposition to it. There are so many gags in it the way they the um they also I think cuz they're just so comfortable with each other now. Yes. It's just beautiful. It's it's just a it's spending time with my favourite crew. That's what I love about it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So this costs this costs mm. thirty three mil to make. Mm. So by Star Trek terms, this is like really the lowest budget they ever had. Yeah. And unfortunately, it only made sixty three, so mm. it really was a fucking flop. And unfortunately, it was a bit cursed because it came out in nineteen eighty nine, which was the summer yeah. where every other two. big film came out yeah and yeah indiana I, jones last crusade and yeah. also batman and batman and <laughs> we're trying to, to compete kill. with batman yeah yeah and last of summer wine <clears throat> that's the one but all yeah. the uh, all the effects houses they used to use for star trek all were doing indiana jones and ghostbusters yeah they had to use a, a completely unknown and yeah. you can really tell you because the great read. barrier is shit yeah and the little shot of the klingon stop motion gun that you keep seeing is pretty yeah bad. it's so terrible isn't it I oh bless them no, I still don't mind. I still don't mind. I still remember the poster of this, though, the teaser poster, which had a cinema seat dressed like an Enterprise uniform. No, I thought you said dressed like a cat with three tits. Yeah, well, I wish. But the cinema <laughs> seat had a seatbelt on it, and it said, it basically said, I'm paraphrasing it, you'll need this seatbelt because you're going to get blown through the back of the auditorium. What? Uh, no, not really. You're going to get blown by God. By a what? cat lady. <laughs> Did you know that originally they were they wanted Sean Connery to play yes. Cyborg? Yes. And that's why they call the mystical place Shakari Sean Connery. Oh, that, I didn't realise the connection there. That's, that's really the entire funny. reason they call it Shakari, because it sounds amazing. a bit like Sean Connery. Isn't Shakari. that lovely? That is lovely. I really enjoy that. So, obviously, we got to talk about the wonderful elephant in the room, which is not mm. so much an elephant, but mm. this is, of course, this is 
Shatner's movie. He yes. directs it. Yes. He writes it. Yes. Well, he tries to write it, and they go, no. Mm. <laughs> but he got the idea from... He was just flicking through the telly one night, and he saw a TV evangelist, and he thought... Yeah, oh, yeah. That would be Which is so cool, because his attitude to Cyborg for the whole thing is, you fucking charlatan con man. I love it. Mm. Yeah. Mm. I don't think it's got the strongest opener. You mean the beginning of the in the desert? The very beginning. Yeah. No. Because basically, it's just... Like Duncan Goodhue just with a fucking pellet gun looking for fucking that's like making sandcastles. I don't know what's Duncan going on. Duncan Goodhue looking for his prized trunks that he buried while drunk ten years ago. <laughs> <laughs> Duncan, as we know, often buries his prized trunks, much akin to the squirrel. When he's having but, his, his sleep nightmares. Yeah, but often forgets where they are. That's the yeah. problem. Because it basically starts with that, and then a man comes on with a horse and goes, "Let me take away your pain," and you sort of go, "Huh." And he gets off the horse and it's Benny Hill and he does that on his head. Because <laughs> he's got such a yeah, head, isn't he? He has. And yeah. massive gums. He looks a bit like the Hills of Eyes man, but not as not as distinctive looking. Yes. He, yes. Was, he was, ironically, in Star Trek Four as an alien. He is. Mm. Yeah, you're absolutely right. So um, it's, 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 it is a genuinely weak opener. Yeah. Yeah. But there you go. That's just what it is. I think the whole idea is, is that because when Cybot pulls his hood down, um, you see pointy ears and then yeah. you see him laugh and you go, hang on, Vulcans mm. aren't supposed to laugh. Yeah. And then it starts. But it? at least we've got Horner back in. No, it's Goldsmith. Oh, is it Goldsmith? Sorry, yeah. Goldsmith. Yeah. That's what I meant. So he's back from, he's done, he did the first film and now he's done this one. I don't mind, don't mind the soundtrack to no, I think it's great. It's great. Yeah? Yeah. And it's a good bit, fun. Bit confusing because by now, Next Gen's going, isn't it? And that's also yes. using Goldsmith's theme. So you'd think they'd want to get away from that, but never mind. Maybe they're just desperate for maybe new fans or to get its popular. I don't know. That's a good Was point. Star Trek ever yeah. waning? I don't know. I don't think it ever waned. It always had such a core. I think maybe in comparison to the Next Gen, because ironic, you know, even though Patrick Stewart wasn't a young man at this point, he's younger than Shatter, isn't he? So yeah, maybe they're worried that people are going to look at these lot and go, they're too old. I mean, they are too old. But they are, but I still like I still like I the practical them. special effects in the films rather than the first three series of Next Gen, where the fucking Enterprise looks like a conference center. Yeah, it's all carpeted, and the, and their warp effect is just the worst I've ever seen. Yeah, it's really it just bad. Stretches, it just stretches. Because the first no. three series are basically, without realizing it, an identical copy of the British Empire. <laughs> <laughs> With Deanna Troy about the desk. Sure. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> Geordie LaForge, yes, Mr. Britas. Mr. Picard. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Um, So we see Cybok. He's on his space horse. Mm. Because it has got a little horn. Got a little horn. It's got a little horn. Yeah. And he says that this is Nimbus 3, which is, he says, the planet of galactic peace. Where weapons what a are forbidden, forbidden. What a yeah. shit-o for our yeah. planet of peace. You'd want it to be all lush and verdant. You would. I yeah. don't understand why anybody's there. I mean, the, the ambassador people are there for obvious reasons, and they're fed up, but yeah. why would anyone else want to be there? <laughs> David, what? I mean... <laughs> David Warner's initial reaction when, when sexy Romulan Buster walks in, he's mm. almost pulling his trousers down, like, yeah. oh, blimey. He's like, oh, fuck <laughs> hell. <laughs> Been a long time, Christ! Oh dear. Um, but yeah, so he's a Vulcan, and he laughs, and he laughs for ages. Yeah, big old laugh, and then, and then we, we get, get the, the opening credits. credits. Oh, lovely. Yeah. Which is lovely. Music's lovely. Looks lovely. Mm. Yeah. And then after the credits, we get Kirk, Spock, and McCoy. They're in Yosemite National Park, and Kirk's climbing oh. a rock. Oh, now this could so easily go into naff, and maybe mm. it does, but mm-hmm. it don't matter because this is just like so fucking tender and sweet. I love it. All of it. All of it's it. It's so beautiful. First thing you see is Bones in double, double denim. Yes. With a double little cravat type thing. With a little cravat, mm. like he's about to go to San Francisco do some cruising. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and he's nervously watching Kirk. Yes. Who's climbing and climbing a mountain in Yosemite with no ropes. No ropes. No. Mm. And then Spock appears and on his hover boots. And Kirk does a beautiful double take, like Foy! <laughs> And he asks him why he's climbing a rock. And then Kirk says, Because it's there. Because it's there. Mm. 
Yeah, which is great. And Spock doesn't really understand that. No, but he's still And then says, you better be careful. Mm. Um, thing is, well, if you didn't distract me, then I wouldn't. And then he falls. Mm. Yeah! Really down bad, he goes. Really bad effect when he's falling. Never mind. Terrible effect. And yeah. then Spock zooms down with his hover boots. And mm. the, the whole procedure of him doing that and then holding him doesn't never quite looks right. No. It looks like a Peter Pan like live, but one of the wires has been snapped and they're yes. just dangling in the wrong place. It's like that <laughs> trek that went wrong. Yeah. Yeah, except funnier. Yeah. Um, but he does grab him like literally one inch before yes. Kirk is splatted and then Bones runs up and just says, you really piss me off. <laughs> <laughs> I, think, I think this is like... Because every kind of Star Trek film features on one of the crew particularly. Um, yes. Obviously, this is Kirk's film because it would be because it's written by Shatner and directed by him. But I think this is a really good Bones one as well. This is Bones. Is, uh, he gets the most to do, I think, in, mm. in, in any of the films, doesn't he? Yeah. 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 And Scotty, which we probably shouldn't talk about too much. Because they've just decided from minute one, Shatner's turned to him and gone, what if you were fucking Uhura? I think you're probably fucking Uhura. And also when <laughs> you're not doing that, you're a fucking clown. <laughs> What? Is that mm, what? I have, I invented the Klingon language. Yeah, no, but in this, you're fucking Uhura, and you're a fucking fat clown. And you know what? I've just thought about it. When your ashes get sent up to space in a spaceship, spaceship's going to blow up, and, and you're going to get fall on a mountain, and no one's going to find you. <laughs> How about that? Yeah. And he's like, your ashes are going to fall on an eagle's nest, but on a recently hatched eagle. <laughs> It's going to have ash all over its eyes. And when they climbed up to retrieve him, the eagle had somehow imbibed his ashes and suddenly turned into a tiny little bird version of Scotty, like really fat with yeah. a little moustache. With a tiny, tiny twig wrench. <laughs> Going, she can't eat dick much more than nest. And then somehow bumps his head on an egg. <laughs> anyway, we'll get to all that and that will be explained, keen listeners. Yeah. He's also carrying another dead bird going, look what you've done. <laughs> He stayed on his perch while the others ran. (laughs) (laughs) Badly burnt. (laughs) Eagle. (laughs) Oh, Jesus Christ. Uh, But we cut to Paradise City on Nimbus. Paradise City. Took five weeks to make, apparently. Oh, really? Yeah, it took five weeks to make it. It was 38 degrees. That's a strange angle to build it at. Yeah. <laughs> Take me down to Paradise City where the. Men Wait, hang on, I'll carry on taking. Where the grass is. <laughs> where the, there is no grass and the cat's got a titty. <laughs> the cat's got three titties. The cat's got three titties. Uh, did you enjoy the titties. fact that the pool table is a pun? I love the fact that the pool table is a pool. Yeah. yeah That's I an impossible game to play, isn't it? Yeah, it's ridiculous. It's, it's like, an impossible game to play. They should have like a little um, Dennis Taylor swimming in it. <laughs> <laughs> little water wings on it should have been famous snooker players all, all their yeah. faces on the balls but no no. due to budget restrictions and the fact that they don't know English snooker players <laughs> they didn't do that are there any famous American pool players though I don't think there are no Kuhan Luke that's it isn't it mm. that's it that's it I like it when uh, is it when one of the ambassadors when the ambassador walks in she is it someone stands on the cat's tail Oh yes, goes, that's right. And we see She's doing face. a sexy dance on the bar. Yeah, and they're all just looking up, going, oh. "God, last week you should have been here last week. She had a cone on her head." <laughs> oh, I wouldn't mind littering her. Yeah. It's terrible. It's horrible. So all the ambassadors meet. David Warner's like, "God, blimey!" <laughs> and his name's Sinjin Talbot, which sounds like a Sid James character. Sinjin Talbot, yeah, yeah. that's very. <laughs> Don't understand. <laughs> It's why he's like an, why is he an Edwardian colonel name I don't, I don't, don't and get also it. he's in the next film as a Klingon yes I know it's Well, he was um, apparently it was Shatner that persuaded him to do it uh-huh. and said if you do it I'll stick you in another film as well oh, and that's, that's why David Warner agreed to do it well it's never a bad he, thing because when Shatner said do you want to be in this film and had three lines and mm. then never be in it at all mm. he's like not, not really <laughs> and he said well I'll give you a bigger part in the next film good Knowing full well that he probably had no cachet to, 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 you know, to promise that. Not and David Warner not knowing that he was about to put, plunge a stake through the heart of Star Trek as a franchise, <laughs> but they got away with it somehow. Yes, somehow. Um, so they all meet. The ambassadors meet. Yeah, there's David Warner, who's an ambassador from. They call it Terran, don't they? So Earth. Terran. I guess. Earth. Um, uh, Chris Terran. 
Chris Terrence. Hello. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you, get, you get a Romulan, who's the lady. Sexy who Romulan walks in, lady. Sexy Romulan, and a big fat Klingon. Yeah, his intro is a big burp to yeah. tell you he's Klingon, yeah. which is actually great. Never yeah. all that. I mean, he's, he's our friend, as we find out later. Oh, yeah, he's a, he's a goodie, isn't he? He is. Yeah, not Bilotti. He's a no, he's Bill Goody. In Bill, this. Bill Oddie would have been an excellent Klingon, though. <laughs> Here's the Klingon ambassador. Well, he would have been looking. He would have been looking for the Scotty Bird, wouldn't he? He would have been looking for the Scotty Bird. Yeah, He'd be like Scotty Bird, back up, back, Scotty Bird, back up, back. Where have you gone, back up, back? <laughs> Curse of Bill Oddie, of course, singing whatever he does. It's terrible. <laughs> In a chemical toilet. In a chemical toilet. I think Bill Oddie's in that chemical toilet. <laughs> Getting on train, trying to find a seat. Shush, please, this is a quiet compartment. Bill Oddie also... I'm in a quiet compartment. Shut Bill Oddie also cursed everywhere he goes in fast motion. Yeah, he's in slight fast forward. Yeah. And just say, saying everything that he does. Rummaging in my pocket because my ball's sticking to my thigh. Bill, we can and hear you. And he's also cursed. Every time he goes down anyway, like on stairs, or if he falls or he trips, he turns yeah. into a dummy and then cuts back to a real person. As well. <laughs> <laughs> Which some may say is the next evolutional trick, like like that's his X-Men thing. Yeah, that's his X-Men thing. He can always fall off high heights as a dummy and then yeah. reappear as human. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> So what can you do, Bellotti? <laughs> this. <laughs> right. Fucking Wolverine picks him up and chucks him at Magneto. <laughs> <laughs> and then he lands on top of him and cuts back to being Bellotti. Because we're just like... <laughs> Thrown at Magneto. <laughs> oh, he's singing it now. <laughs> anyway. The Klingon anyway, ambassador. Yeah, so Cybuck and his men then invade. They invade by, oh. by pushing down what is possibly the weakest gate defence system ever. It's, it's made of some twigs and bones. Yeah. Yeah, if any wolves yeah. are in the area. Oh, ridiculous. Yeah. So he captures them and they're like, well, you know that as soon as you capture us, yeah. they're, they're going to, the Federation will probably send a starship. And Cybok's like, that's exactly what I want. Mm. Mm. I want to use the toilet. And I'd like to use the toilet, please. <laughs> <laughs> Toilet's currently engaged. <laughs> Oddie, get out. For sake. Fucking Oddie being in this film that he's not in. <laughs> Meanwhile, Ridiculous. back on the Enterprise, we've, we've got the new Enterprise that they were given at the end of 4. They're giving it a shakedown. Yes, but nothing works on it. The doors don't work. No, it's all comedy comedy. Uh, the transport And this is work. suddenly where you get the yeah. Scotty and Uhura yeah. <laughs> planning shore leave together. Mm. Jesus Christ. Yeah, because they're all on shore leave. Um, and yes. Sc- Scotty and Uhura are talking and he's saying he hasn't got time for shore leave because he needs to fix <coughs> his ship because it's in a terrible state. Everything's going wrong. Everything's going... And then you get a red alert. Red alert. Red alert. Yeah, and they don't. Th- they just think it's a ship faulty, and who is actually, mm. no, this is real. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so they go, well, we'll have to cancel shore leave. So they then radiate. We then cut to Sulu and Chekhov, who are wandering around in the woods for some reason. I, presu- are they, I always presume they were sort of hiking nearby the rest of them. That's or was it that they were so snooty and like don't like them? They're like, no, you have a, you have a holiday wherever you want it. Yeah. Like, they just don't tell them where they are. Yeah. Don't really know. Because I always assume they're just like 10, 10 metres down the road from Spock and Kirk and McCoy. Yeah. yeah. I always thought they were together. But when you see the camp scene, it doesn't seem like it's set up for five. No, definitely not. <laughs> so. <laughs> yeah, so they, they get a message. And we get off a, a second bit of comedy where they get do another the... bit of comedy moment, which isn't very good. But We're in a know, blizzard. Fine. Yeah, Chekhov just goes... <sighs> To convey blizzard. And, oh, here it, goes. Like, it looks like it's wonderful. Transport. <laughs> Are you farting in each other's mouths, you pervs? And they're like, no. Uh-huh. And she's like, well, it looks like it's balmy 38 degrees, you fools. And they're like, uh-uh. and then you're right. just like, oh, thank God the sun is out. Oh. And I'm sorry I pulled my cheeks apart to break wind and made that noise. <laughs> <laughs> so she goes, don't worry, fellas, your secret's safe with me. Mm. And they're like, well, it's all right, because we've got something on you. We know you're fucking Scotty, so... But also, the way she says, your secret's safe with me, sort of means that they've gone off together in the woods to have sex. Exactly. <laughs> like Brokeback Mountain sort of thing. Yeah. But now we do cut to the most beautiful campfire yes. scene. Yes. Oh, and it's so lovely. They're making the traditional... <laughs> Stewart beans. Stewart and beans. McCoy's secret recipe. family recipe. Full of Kentucky, is it Tennessee, no, Tennessee whiskey. whiskey? 
course it's booze. He's always smuggling booze, isn't he, Bones? Yeah, I like that Spock says, I have no choice but to sample your beans. I have no choice but to sample your beans. <laughs> it's so good. Yeah, out of context, also, sounds awful. But the, but they try and sing row row your boat. He's like, because yeah. you know we're having fun, and he's like, oh, I didn't know, realize we were trying to have fun. Mm. <laughs> and yeah. in the meanwhile, Bones is just like having an embolism of hatred towards Spock. He said, "I liked you more when you were uh, before you died." <laughs> it's like not before he was alive. It's yeah. so funny. It is so funny. I think yeah. they missed a trick though, because this would have been an ideal uh, Blazing Saddles uh, yes. moment where they could have all farted around the fire. Yeah. That would have been nice. Imagine, I reckon if Spock farts, it's it's almost like a delicate trill, like a yeah. but it can kill up to 10 mile radius. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That all the... <laughs> like animals. birds fall out of trees. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> a monkey falls into the fire. An elephant that wasn't there. Scotty bird. <laughs> Scotty's tiny dead animated bird. It's so lovely. They're trying to yeah. explain row, row, row your boat. And I love that um, Spock's only attempt to join in is with this amazing newfangled gadget that just pops out a marshmallow. I love that. It's basically a bag for a marshmallow. Yeah. I love it so much. So and they great. try and explain row, row, row your boat. And he's just staring at them like, I don't even know what you're talking about. And then when they're it's about so to go to lovely. sleep, he says, Captain. And he goes, yeah. And he goes, Life is not a dream. Life is not a dream. Yes, it's so lovely. Life is not a dream. Like he just remembered. And they try to go see, but suddenly Uhura's there to pick him up. Well, before that, we have the Klingons that are in this. I don't really know. Oh, we, we get the tiny Klingon bit. Yeah. I prefer we don't have Klingons in this film. I know, and it's it's a bit bolted on, isn't it? I suppose they just it wanted is. some extra jeopardy. I kind of, I don't mind the payoff of it because it's again done mm. for laughs. Mm. And I kind of like the idea that he's just this young buck. He looks like he might be in the band Foreigner. Yes, yeah. <laughs> and they're just shooting debris for fun, aren't they? Yeah, they're shooting satellites. Captain Clyde, name is. That's right, Clark. Yeah. And he he hears the um, the uh, the message that uh, the they that all the ambassadors have um, sent out, like hmm. we are in trouble, come help us. And then he hears that the Enterprise might be intercepting, and thinks a chance at Captain Kirk will yeah. make me possibly the greatest uh, Klingon in the galaxy. But so he's actively interested now, isn't he? I'm a bit annoyed about it though, because it's like the six the six original crew Star Trek films. Mm. Five of which feature the, well, four and a half feature the Klingons. Right. I just think, couldn't we have someone else? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Could have had Romulans they never, in this one. Yeah, they well, they never they never really knew what to do with the Romulans uh, mm. until later on, um, and just like, no, it's fine. They they're like, they are just like evil fucking you know Vulcans. That's mm. how you do them. But yeah, yeah I, th- I don't know. I think maybe. Do you think it was like for fan service that they just thought fans aren't going to love it unless we get Klingons in? I mean, I genuinely think a lot of it's to do with the fact that they <clears throat> could use all the bird of prey effect shots from the other films. That is probably also a huge factor of it. Yeah, mm. is that they've got all this Save stuff money. they want to use. Yeah. But anyway, you've got this little subplot that really yeah. comes to nothing, but it's yeah. actually quite amusing. Yeah. Um, but there you go. So a shuttle comes to take Kirk, Spock and McCoy back to the Enterprise. Yes. We get the ship man functioning. He takes off his jacket and he's got a T-shirt that just says, and you imagine, you read the T-shirt in his voice, go climb a rock. Go climb a rock. Yeah. It's lovely, isn't it? And you always get the standard Star Trek trope, which is, Jim, you're the closest ship in the quadrant. And he's like, mm. really? Every fucking time we're the closest ship in the quadrant? Isn't he in one of the major star bases? There must be other ships in there. And he, is, he, so he, and he says, you know the condition of our ship? And they're like, yeah, it's fine. It's absolutely fine. Yeah. <laughs> but he says, we want to go to Nimbus 3, assess the situation, and, and, and above all else, rescue the hostages. And yeah. I, my, I get a lovely little Shatner bit, because you can't have Shatner in a scene without him doing something adorable. He sits yeah. in his new captain's chair and he, oh, starts, and so he looks lovely. miserable. And McCoy goes, what's well, wrong? It's because the chair's going... He's just got loose screws. And he goes, I miss my old chair. I miss my old chair. <laughs> oh, it's so sweet. <laughs> it's like the end. It's like uh, the very last bit of Fraggle Rock where that one just goes, down a Fraggle Rock. Yeah. yeah. Puts his head in his hands. That's exactly what Shatner does. Yeah. I miss my chair. <laughs> it's so sweet. And he's having trouble dropping his log. He keeps going, Captain's Log, and it won't do well, anything. That... Captain's Log. Oh, yeah, and it does a comedy mm. doing. <laughs> nothing's working, yeah, nothing's working. Yeah. Mm. So then they get the demands from the terrorists 
<clears throat> and we see Cyborg, and Spock has a face, a haunted face. A haunted look. He McCoy. looks at him, and yeah, and He's, even Kirk says, looks like you've seen a ghost. Yeah. He says, he goes, maybe I have. I have. Yeah. Um, so he tells them about <clears throat> who he is. He says he reminds them of someone he knew in his youth, a young student who possessed great intelligence, Very but rejected gifted. the ideas of Vulcan and was ultimately banished. And was also a fuck machine. Yeah. I'm, I'm sorry, what? <laughs> well, as we'll find out later, like Spock's dad, right? Mm. What? We talked about him being very boring, but it's all on the surface, isn't it? It's like ducks. All on the surface, quiet, but underneath. Yeah, that's the Vulcan way, isn't it? Yeah. They, they wander down a corridor to say, good morning, good morning. Mm. But as soon as they go into their quarters, the door closes. They're like, go blimey! Go! <laughs> you know, they just get very uh, emotional. That's right. Um, so then Kirk and everybody, uh, Kirk, Spock and McCoy go down to the planet's surface with Uhura. Of course, uh, with Uhura, because she's vitally needed now. Well, we know why now, because Kirk's got oh a plan. The Chekhov's going to pretend to be the captain and communicate with them while these lads yeah. go in on the ground. And um, you're very popular this evening. Sorry, I've just muted that. I beg your pardon. That's all right. So they go on the ground and they're going to kind of take a, take a ground offensive. Mm. And offensive being the operative word because they need to distract everybody. <laughs> so they get Uhura to do a sexy fan dance. They get Uhura to mm. basically do the Macarena. Yeah. And all um, the men are like, know, oh, bloody hell. Carl, look at this pensioner with two fronds. Mm. I mean, they'd be brushing in the sand, wouldn't they? Come mm. on. And she's like, hello, boys. I always wanted to have a captive audience. And they're all like, I don't know whether to tuck some money in her pants or give her some synagogen. <laughs> However, it gives Uhura something fun to do. Yeah, because it's pretty much the last thing she does in the film. It is. It's such a shame because uh, before that, where she does that lovely sort of like that bit where she take where she's got the young kid on that crappy little light post and mm. she sort of goes get in the cupboard and all that, and she's like, "You want adventure? You got it." It's such a glorious moment for her. Yeah, yeah. And this is a real sort of like, oh, okay, yeah, fine. I don't know. So it is what it is, and because this is a William Shatner film, everyone has to ride a horse because he loves riding horses. Yes, and apparently that's what that's what they were all really, really worried about that because it was Shatner that really could only do it, yeah. and all the rest of them were like, "Fuck it, hell." Uh, um, so they ride in on the horse, and everybody lets them in because they're now dressed like the people they've taken the horses from. Yes, and it's only when they like, "Hang on, what's going on?" They shine a spotlight on them and see that they're not who they were. And then Bedlam erupts. Bedlam erupts, and Kirk fights the cat lady. Kirk fights the cat lady. Yeah. How does he kill her, Paul? He throws her in the pool. Throws her in the pool game. Throws her in the pool game. Yeah. It's terrible, isn't it? Well, cats hate water as well, we know. They do, actually, don't they? Yeah. Yeah, so so that'll do it. And on his way, he's like, Kirk is thumping people and scrapping, scrapping and a punching. I love the bit where Spock. Uh, is approached by a guard in a horse and mm. gives the horse a Vulcan neck pinch. Yeah. That's truly beautiful. Fantastic. I love all that. And they finally get into the Paradise City and they're like, hey, hey ambassadors, we can go now. And all the ambassadors pull guns on them. Yeah. Because they've, well, they, they've been They've been brainwashed. They've been mind-bothered mm. by Cyborg who can yeah. take away their pain. Oh. Which sadly doesn't quite work because later on he does it to... Um, Bones and then Bones goes. No, I'm still not joining you. But yeah. anyway, we won't we won't worry about that. No. So no. they then discover the cyborg behind it all, and um, yeah, he wants a starship. Yeah. So well, while they're in the he shuttle, confronts he he meets Spock and goes, yeah. like, "Will you join me?" And Spock's like, "No way! You've committed so many crimes." He says, mm. "Well, I'm about to commit one more. Yeah. I'm going to steal your ship." Kirk's face furious. Yeah. Nobody steals Kirk's ship. So they go out back up in the shuttle because the transport is still not working. Yeah. And while they're on However, their way, they, they realise a bird of prey is in the vicinity. Yeah, the one who wanted to hunt down Kirk, he's in the vicinity, but he's cloaked and getting near. They can't risk bloody lowering the shields to beam them in as normal. And also, the beaming, the teleport isn't working because no. the ship's fucked. So they have to land manually. Well, Kirk does a really clever thing that he communicates with the Enterprise, knowing he's being listened to, to sort yeah. of indicate that he's on the shuttle, not on the Enterprise. Yeah. And then he says, we're going to do emergency landing plan B. B. B as in barricade. Barricade. And they're like, oh shit, he's going to crash the ship. Yeah, because they haven't got enough time to get in the tractor beam. 
because he'll, no. he'll leave the ship uncloaked, so they're just going to go yeah, um, exactly uh, unshielded. So they're going to go in yes, really quick. Yes, so Klingons can on. get them. Yeah, yeah. And so they're going to fly in manually. I know uh, the effect is a little ropey, but it's still really good fun. I love it. I don't care. I like I like the jeopardy of it. I love it when it screeches in and then that little big elastic band net. just catches it. Yeah, yeah, big net thing. Also, we should say we're talking about endearing moments mm. in the previous shuttle bit when they originally go not when they go to the planet, but when they're approaching the Enterprise. Yes, it's that beautiful bit with Shatner just staring at the Enterprise, going, "All I ask for is a tall ship and a star to guide her by, steer yeah. her by." Yeah. Oh, it's a please. sort of echo of that bit in the first film, isn't it? Where yeah, it's yeah. so beautiful. It's like a little reprise of the love, but I just love the way he says it. All I mm. ask for is a tall ship and a star to guide her by. And a big pair of boobadoos. And a big pair of cat titties. And that ruins it all. <laughs> cat titty. <laughs> Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online you'll experience the all-new Cerebral Way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your Cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. So, yeah, they get in, and then in the kerfuffle, Cyborg dropped his weapon. Yes, because they basically crash, so everyone's mm. sort of semi-conscious on the floor, and then there's a sort of tussle for the gun. Mm. And Kirk... Cyborg grabs it, though. We've seen Kirk, up to this point in every film and TV show, sort of overpower people quite easily. And he goes to grab yes. the weapon off Cyborg, and Cyborg just kicks the shit out of him. Because he's half... Well, he's Vulcan, isn't he? So, yeah, yeah he's super strong. Yeah, and he, that bit's really cool, the way he lifts him and throws him around. Yes. And what's great is it's that the, the gun then falls at the feet of Spock. Oh. And Kirk's like, shoot him. And Spock says, I can't. I know. And oh. Kirk's face. He's livid. This is the first time you've ever seen Kirk livid with Spock. Yes. He's never been living before. He demands to know why, because they get sent yeah. to the brig. They all get put in they the brig. They get put into the brig. Yeah. Not the man from Doctor Who. They don't go in his no. bum. No. No. <laughs> put these men in the brig. Nobody can escape from that bum either, no. apparently. No, it's a bit tight. It, it, it's, an un, it's an unescapable brig, so we're told. However, yeah. it clearly isn't, but that's no. fine. It's an unescapable brig, and it was tested by a man with pointy ears and a bad tempo, or, or a bad mm. something or other, and they do the joke about, no, it was... Just pointy ears and big dick. Just pointy ears, yeah. And a huge dick, by the way. Yeah. Uh, so then he says to them, look, the reason I couldn't kill Cyborg because he's my brother. And they're like, yes, I know you Vulcans are close. And he goes, no, 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 no. <laughs> no. He's my actual brother. And he's like, no, I don't know. That's a lie, Spock, because you haven't got a brother. And he goes, yeah, no, 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 no. Well, he's my half brother. And Kurt's like, oh, for the love of... And actually says, why don't you just tell us that in the first place? Yeah. I don't know why you've been... <laughs> and, but he's like, I didn't think it would be... Yeah. It's actually none of your beeswax. Oh. <laughs> Turns out my dad was a right shagger. But here's lovely bit. Mm. This is the first time you ever see Bones leap to Spock's defence. Because mm. he goes, you should have shot him. And Bones is like, he can't shoot his own brother, Jim. Don't be mm. such an arsehole. Yeah. And it's the first time you ever see Bones do that for Spock. Well, you know Jim would. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> so Cyborg then begins to brainwash the crew. And I've written here his costume is like Tron via a Blue Peter appeal. 
Because it's like a Tron costume, but it's covered in like different coloured bottle tops. Yeah, it's it's it's, an, it's a bold choice, shall we say? He's good though, isn't he? He is really good. Yeah. Apparently, and again, this just sounds like Shatner just watches telly all the time and does nothing else. Yes, he just watched him on TV, didn't yeah, he? Yeah, I like him. He'll be good. Yeah. 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 I thought, and I don't know. I always kind of thought it would have been interesting if they, if and but the thing is, Shatner would have hated it if they gave Cybok also for Leonard Nimoy to play, mm. like a sort of twin brother look. Twin brother thing. Yeah, that would be fun. Or a slightly different look, you know, um, and do it like that. But do it, do no. it with the goatee, you know, the evil Spock look. Yes, exactly. Mm. Something like that. I think would have been a really brave move. But a goatee in the Shatner hair from and... the first one when he's doing his religious ceremony. He's got the long yeah. hair. Yeah. Or he's got Uhura's hair. Or, or, yeah. or whatever. <laughs> he's got Uhura's hair. One of Chekhov's eyes. Sulu's nose. And the cat tits. <laughs> Three cat tits. Yeah. Um, the cyborg. All on his face. Cyborg does a big message to the ship saying. Look, you're all wondering what's going on, but I'll tell you, we are going yeah. to the mystical planet of Sean Connery. Yeah, and they're like, hmm, what? <laughs> yeah. Uh, he says there lies beyond the Great Barrier, a powerful energy field at the centre of the galaxy, and if we get through there, we will meet our creator. Wow. Who has many names. Yes, many yeah. names. Yeah. Many names. And they, 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 again, there's a massive gag opportunity here, because mm. they go... On Klingon, it's known as Rakchakra or whatever. Oh. They could have said, like, they could have made up an alien and said, like, and on the Transmusian planet of Ajax 9, it's called oh. Fanny Bam. Yeah, Fanny Bam. Fanny Bam Bam. Fanny Bam Bam. <laughs> it's called Fanny Bam Bam. David so, Warner will go, yeah. my planet also has a similar name for him. <laughs> <laughs> so I presume Cybok's been spending most of his time now just because so, he gets Uhura, doesn't he? Oh. And yeah. is it Su- Sulu as well? Get yeah. uh, mind bothered by and him. Chekhov. Chekhov's having none of it because Chekhov's been pretending to be the captain. Oh yes, that's right. Yeah. Whilst Kirk was down on Nimbus Three, and yeah, Chekhov's having none of it. Every time someone says Cyborg, I think of that um, Macaulay program sketch about the um, period drama where everyone says sideboard, and that woman goes cyborg. <laughs> uh, anyway, um, so then they're in the they're the back in the brig, and we yeah. start hearing a tapping on the wall. Yeah, they can't make goes, it out. This is a primitive form of communication called Morse code. Again, this this is all played for laughs. Yeah. They're like S T A N D D stand B, mm. stand back, and then they all look at each other and go stand back. Mm. <laughs> There's a little explosion, and then you get Scotty going. Have you never seen a jailbreak before? You get a little explosion, and then he's Willie. Tiny explosion. The, it's a Willie comes through the hole. <laughs> Have you never seen a glory hole before? <laughs> like, no, we haven't. I thought Scotty. you might like to suck on my Willie. No, but fine. We've got we've got things to do. Scotty, are you all right? No, no, no. Uhura is very kinky. <laughs> <laughs> but he doesn't do that. He breaks them out. He doesn't do that. Jailbreak. Yeah. But because nothing's working properly, they've got to get up to the bridge to take over. But they've got to go up a huge lift shaft, elevator shaft. Well, we get the next gag, don't we? Because they need to send this distress signal. And then they say to Scotty, oh, God. how do we get to Turbo Lift 3? <coughs> oh, yeah, of course. And uh, he says, well, it's like two rights, one left, go forward, second on the right, forward, past the thing, and then it's there. And they're like, Scotty, what would we do without you? You're a genius. And he goes, He's a, I know this place at the back of my hand. Hmm. And then hits his head. He uh, knocks himself right out. Right out. To the point where when they find him later, he's got a big gash on his forehead. Yeah. And he's become like one of those weird brain injuries where he wakes up, but now he sounds Chinese. Yes. <laughs> they had to they dub had to him. Ca- they have to dub him. It's yeah. terrible. He's like, oh, <laughs> I'm cock. <laughs> Oh, no, they don't do any of that. They don't do that. Don't do that. Of course, they don't. This isn't but again, David lots of lots of playing for laughs. Hmm. I think you lots can understand why laughs. this moment in particular upset people because Scotty is, you know, he's supposed to know the ship as he says backwards. Yeah. So to just walk into a a big pole, fall over. <clears throat> it's, it's a good joke, but it doesn't really. He does a good comedy fall. He does do a good comedy fall. For a big fella, he does a good comedy fall. Yeah. Yeah. But Trekkers take this stuff very seriously, don't they? I know, but... Yeah. I still like it, though. It'd be better if when he fell down, he then was just like... (laughs) 
Well, really, shits himself. Shits himself really horribly, yeah. And he starts <laughs> leaking out of his trouser leg. And we just right, stay on that for ages. That would be better. And it, and the camera moves over and you see Kirk sat in the director's chair reading, writing a new copy of Tech Wars. <laughs> it cuts to Scotty, the nearest room he found with Spock, and he's just wiping his ass on his bed. <laughs> or on his pillow. On his pillow. I hope you sleep well, you cunt. Sleep well, you green-blooded Sassanac. <laughs> but because he doesn't do that. Doesn't do that. The guys have to crawl up 78 floors of the Enterprise. Ah, but Spock up thinks, a ladder, Spock but, thinks yeah. screw this, I'm running off. He gets the jetpack boots that we saw yeah. at the beginning. Yeah. And then says, can I offer you a lift? Oh, the, it's sad, though, because I, as much as I love this bit, once I've noticed the little arm holding Spock's back, yeah, I can't unsee it. There's even a shadow of it. Yeah, you can't unsee this. It's like a little gimbal holding him. Yeah, yeah. It's like the fairground thing where you have to bang with a hammer and you bang it and then the bell goes to the top. That's right. In fact, if you, there's on the Blu-ray edition that you gave me, you lovely gentleman. On the Blu-ray edition, there's a gag reel and that's all it is. It's Harv Bennett and a few of the other producers and they're cutting that scene with them going up uh, with them with pretend hammer hitting a fairground thing. Right, that's exactly what it's like. Yeah, it's exactly what it is. And it's Again, you know the person that's written this knows these characters backwards because it's just perfect that Spock goes, I'm sorry I overshot the floor by by one level. And also there's a sign that says stop. Yeah. I also like <laughs> big red yeah, letters. Yeah, I also like that when he they go up to get McCoy, he goes, I'll wait for the next car. I think that's a good joke. That's lovely. Yeah, yeah. and he gingerly gets on, but they're too weighted down so he yes. uses his jet as the uh, boost and then they nearly decapitate themselves. But they yeah. don't. No. Yeah. Um, so then they send the distress sig- signal and they speak to someone from Starfleet, but it's not. It's a Klingon lady pretending to be Starfleet. That's a that's a good coup, isn't it? It's a good coup. That's not normal Klingon thinking as well. It's quite nice to see someone actually going. Do you know what? In- instead of being all macho, we fucking mm. tear your ass off. Yeah, we'll do a little bit of sly subterfuge. Yeah, but she should have done it like the policeman from Aloha Low though. <laughs> She really should have done that, yeah. We will, oh, we will save a sh- <laughs> We will send a shit shittle to save you, Captain Kipton Keck. We will send our biggest shop <laughs> at Warp Factor Foov. Kipton Keck. <laughs> Is Spork with you? Is Speck with you? Yeah. And Buns. <laughs> I don't know what's going on at Starfleet. Sometimes like someone's had a stroke. Jeez, that's her only frame of reference is Bostrom. <laughs> Which, to be honest, mm. she could have raided the archives and that's the first thing she came across yeah. was the British sitcom A Low and Low of how to speak Terran English. Maybe we sent that up in a shuttle. Yeah, maybe that's the... F- I mean, a satellite. Maybe that. Maybe Bostrom's work is the first thing that aliens see. Because they did send up a couple of records in the 70s, didn't they, in a satellite? A probe. Yeah. Yeah, could have sent yeah. Could have actually just sent Arthur Bostrom in one. Why? I mean, now if we approach Bostrom, we went, Arthur, what are you doing lately? He's a mm. newt mooch. You know, mm-hmm. Of course. Wonderful. Well done, by the way, for keeping that up. Sotting Would a rind. Be... <laughs> Going for a divorce. Licking for right. jibs. <laughs> I'm very depressed. <laughs> right. Um, I'm thinking of committing suicide. (laughs) Would you be interested in going in a a shuttle and being thrown into space? (laughs) Let me thunk about it. (laughs) All right, well. (laughs) I'll fin you, Bok. Which would have given the first film a completely different thing if Vija was Vuja and it was Bostrom. Just Bostrom sitting in a chair. in Star Trek 4 where the aliens have intercepted that and now yeah. they've come back to find the last Arthur last Bostrom, Bostrom. <laughs> so they have to go in the past to kidnap Arthur Bostrom for <laughs> some reason he's in SeaWorld they have to put him in a tank though because that's where he lives now yeah <laughs> oh god what if we made a transparent aluminium's armchair Ooh. for the Bostrom what would you say to that laddie would that be worth something to you laddie <laughs> 
somebody, no, not really. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> Who's Why are you in Austria? San Francisco trying to kick that Martha Bostrom? He's been dead for years. He lives in Surrey. <laughs> he lives in Surrey and he's been dead for 400 years. Still, there you go. There you go. Um, <coughs> oh, but then, Jesus. as they're about to leave, thinking they've done their job of sending their signal, yeah. Cyborg walks in. Cyborg walks in and goes, oh, look, come on, come on. It's time that you guys saw my way of thinking. Uh, this is Bones. The Forest is really uh, so beautiful in this. Yes. He shines so well. His anger, his pain is tragic. Because the whole thing of Cyborg is, is I can take all the pain that you've been like keeping inside you for years mm. and he sort of plays it out in front of them almost like a sort of almost like a hologram or something isn't yeah. it it's horrible it's such a perfect thing as well if you could have picked something that would haunt a doctor and oh. also you go oh that's why bones is a bit like that mm. of course it is and the idea is, is that his dad is dying he's in mm. so much pain mm. and eat bones with every piece of medical knowledge he has can't keep his father alive and so he does the most dignified thing, which is to end his pain and give him dignity. Yeah. And so he assists in his own suicide, doesn't he? Yes, he does. And then it, and you're uh, like, holy shit. And then the kicker yeah. mm. is when Simon goes, and then what happened? And he's like, and then a few months later, there was a cure and yeah. he could have lived. And yeah. he just, wow, what a scene. It ah, is it's beautifully done. Lump in throat, beautiful mm. by DeForest. Yeah. Then they moved to, then they moved to Spock. Yeah. Spock, what's your greatest pain? Apparently it's just being born. Yeah. And his father just going, his, his dad called him too human. Too human. Yeah. Look at the balls on that, he said. <laughs> we don't and have then, balls. Then he turns to Kirk, Kirk. and Kirk's oh. like, you, this again, Shatner. Oh. When he does it well, you're like, mm. no one can touch him. No. He does this wonderful thing about, I need my pain. Mm. Oh, I need my pain. Mm. Oh, it's so it's good. What like, it's, what, it's not. Yeah, it's what makes me human. It's what yeah. he says. It doesn't say it's what defines me. It's what shaped yeah. me. I need it. You can't yeah. take that away. Yeah. So good. And then you get another kicker when Cyborg's like, "Okay, well, you can live on your own. I'm going to yeah. take these lads with me." And then Spock goes, "I can't. I'm not going with you." And then McCoy goes, "Spock does that lovely thing. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm sorry. Yeah, because they love but Jim Kirk, so much." But then Kirk goes, "Yeah, but hang on. You want to go through the Great Barrier?" You don't know what you're doing. I'm the person who knows this ship. And then Cyborg grudgingly goes, all right, you pilot me through. Hmm. You get me through it. And maybe in the course of time, you'll change your mind. Because Cyborg still is sort of like a sort of pacifist terrorist, isn't he? Yeah, because he's not... He's always constantly going, no guns, no guns. Let's not hurt anyone. Yeah, and then when... um... Yeah, when they were fighting in the Paradise City, he said, what have mm. you done? This is not what we wanted. This is not what we wanted, yeah. So he's sort of like, you know, he's the guy that, if he was around now, is the guy that's gluing himself to the roads to stop oil and all yeah. that. That's, yeah. that's Cybok now. He's gluing himself to Arthur Bostrom. <laughs> he's gluing himself to Arthur Bostrom, which mm. uh, he's like, get off! I hope he likes pintomimes. <laughs> I'm playing Mither Gase. No. <laughs> I'm doing Jock on the Boonstilk. <laughs> I'm playing Wid- Waddo Twinky. <laughs> Waddo, no, Waddo Twonky. Twonky, there you go. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so yeah, they get through the Great Barrier, thanks to, to Kirk. This what, The wonderful special effects. You're like, oh, yeah. guys, that's we, so terrible. I mean, it's not even 10 years since the... Um, it's not, is it? And it is literally like they've dropped coloured dye into water and then just yeah. put some electrical effects on the top. Ugh. Yeah. Well, did you know, know, as a side note, did you know that, you know, you know in Galaxy Quest when he fights the big rock monster man? Right. Oh, That, course, that was originally gonna... in this film. Yes, of course. Yeah. Yeah, it's a deleted scene. You can see it. It's really bad. Yeah. So that's well, because apparently they, it got to the point where the rubber suit was so shit. Yes. And they were trying to make it smolder because it looked like magma. So they literally mm. had guys with tubes blowing cigarette smoke right, into yeah. the costume. And it mm. just looked so shit. They the went, guy inside yeah. died of cancer a year later. <laughs> it was bright yellow as well. It was terrible. <laughs> they had to put him in an ashtray at the end. Anyway, so they, 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 as you say, they make a truce. And they go down to the planet. And this is beautiful. You Obviously, they're just filming it in the same desert they filmed all the old Star Trek stuff. But they yeah. put a filter on it where it's slightly purple and sort of lavender. Slightly purpley. Yeah, it's still oh. Montana where they were before, but it's, that's yeah. fine. 
and you get the beautiful Jerry Goldsmith sort of angelic music. Oh, it's and lovely, isn't it? Everybody yeah. on the Enterprise is just going, oh, my God. Well, the planet looks really lovely. It looks like a big blue testy. Yeah. Um, but yeah. they don't even notice that there's a bird of prey in the vicinity again. No, well, they're all too busy sh- staring mm. at the screen, and that's actually a really lovely shot. Yeah, it's everyone on the bridge just staring agog at the planet, and then mm. the camera just very quietly zooms into the bridge, and right at the back, you just see a monitor flick on with Klingon ship inbound, but yeah. no one's looking at it, and you're like, "Ooh, that's kind of cool." It's beautiful. Yeah, it's lovely, isn't uh, it? And then we, we we fast approach here. My favorite, one of my favorite moments in all track, I think. Really? Go on. Oh, I just love it. I love. So they get down there and there's nothing there and all this stuff grows out of the ground and then Cybok calls to the god, in inverted commas. Yeah, we're here, we've travelled a great distance. Mm-hmm. And, he, and he turns up and you just get this beautiful moment of this being basically, essentially saying what they want to hear and yes. then just dropping in out of nowhere. Why? Did, how did you get through the Great Barrier? And then Cybok says we used a starship and then he says, oh... Basically, can I have the starship? He's like, move it closer because I quite that. No, he says, can I use my ship to spread my message? That's and Cybok's like, of course. Yeah. Kirk's immediately going, brilliant. What? Yeah. And then Kirk immediately goes, excuse. I love the way he just goes, excuse, excuse me, me. May I ask a question? Mm-hmm. What does God need with a starship? It's just brilliant. That is so brilliant. What yeah. does God need with a starship? And then he goes, what sort of creature is you? And yeah. and then immediately goes, well, you're God. You should know who I am. Yeah. Oh. Don't you know? Don't you know? So good. So good. so good. And that's the thing is that there's a lot wrong with this film, but the this, this spine of it, the plot, is the purest form of a Star Trek episode. It really is. And also, yeah. I remember um, it, at the time when, when Kirk was penning it, they were going, I don't think we should do a let's find God thing. It's, mm. too, it's too dicey even mm. for Star Trek. And then he's going, yeah, but look at what we've done before. Everything we do is about friendship and life after death and yeah. aging and the human condition it's a perfect star trek vehicle which it mm. weirdly is mm. it, is it is a perfect story it's just i don't know it's just it's a bit messy but it's a beautiful mess and that's yeah. why i will always love it i think if he'd have given it to like a nicholas myers which i think he wanted to do you mean, yeah nicholas um, was busy he's busy right. doing something else yeah. yeah i think you'd probably have it probably got molded into something a lot more palatable and fun not fun. Yes. It is fun. I just mean more coherent. Yeah. But I think this is perfect. It's, it nails it perfectly. The sound design is really good. The voice of the god is, voice quite is great. Disturbing and eerie. And when yeah, and when Kurt goes, uh, you know, and then says, "What little creature are you?" and goes, "Well, you should know." The, his first recourse is to sort of zap him with yeah. his laser eyes, and then that's it. Kirk's like, "What sort of a god would do that?" Yeah. What, well, it's what, actually Bones that says that. Yeah. What sort of a god would do that? A malicious attack. Yeah. He attacks McCoy as well and Spock. Yes. And that's when Cyborg realises the error of his ways. Yeah. And he literally does. He turns around and he goes, I'm really so fucking sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I've been delusional. And then has his only recourse. You look like you might be in pain, strange yeah. column of light entity. Yeah. Let me share your pain and steps into the creature. Yeah, they basically mind bother each Well, he mind bothers him into submission. Mind bothers him and he's all like screaming. And of course the crew then take that opportunity to leg it. Well, at that exact moment, the transport has mended. Yes. Well, no. First of all, they get into the shuttle, but the shuttle won't move. Oh, that's right. And yeah, the, the uh, Copernicus shuttle. Yes. Not the same shuttle that they do the emergency thing. That's got a different mm. name, Galileo. Yes. Yeah, uh, the shuttle won't work. But then, spot, uh, then suddenly, Scotty says um, the the uh, the energizer is working, but only enough for two. Kirk does, of course, what every captain does, yeah. which is take Spock and take Bones. They're like, holy shit! Well, there's two Galileos. There's a Figaro. Yes. And apparently and they're this... Magnifico. Yes. <laughs> There's also the Fandango, which kept <laughs> crashing. Yeah. Uh, hence, can you do the... <laughs> yeah, so Kirk's <laughs> on his own on the planet with this being. Yeah, which at this point is just an, an amorphous blob of energy chasing mm. him and trying to zap him. Yeah. And this is the bit where they wanted to use the... Uh, rock sort monsters. Of mo- the rock monsters, which clearly didn't work. So they rock monster. <laughs> <laughs> Monster! Um, so then Spock, when he's back on the Enterprise, he turns to the Klingon man and says, I need you to do me a favour. And the Klingon man goes, oh, I've been such a fool. Anything you amazing. want me to do, I'll do it. And he goes, well, you get your knob out. I want to see what a Klingon woman looks like. <laughs> I want no. to see it. Has it, got, has it got ridges on it? Has it got, has it got a head like a Cornish pasty? <laughs> no. He says, he says, you're the supervising officer of that mad, that mad guy in the Bird of Prey. 
Yes, uh, I need you to. I need you to contact him, and he's like, "Well, I don't know about doing that." And then Spock says something to him which is lovely, mm. and he says, "Damn you, sir! You will try." Oh, I love it. Damn you, sir! Yeah. You will try. Ooh, oh, yeah. So then, Kirk climbs to the top of the cliff face he's on, and this thing's yeah. about to shoot him, and he closes his eyes because I forgot to mention earlier. He raises a very important point, a beautiful Kirk moment. Mm. McCoy says to him earlier. You could have died on that mountain. And he says, I, I knew I wasn't going to die because I know oh, I'm going to die alone. I was going to mention this weirdly. Mm. When, right at the beginning of the campfire bit, there's a yeah. real buzzkill moment. And that's mm. when Kirk just goes, I know how I'll die. Yeah. I'll die alone. Yeah. And so when like, he's oh, on top shit, of this way cliff. Way to ruin a party. <laughs> when he's on top of this cliff with this being bearing down on him, he, clo- he does that thing where he closes his eyes knowing this yeah. is it. Yeah. Ready to go. And then the bird of prey comes up behind him. And he must have thought, well, I'm definitely going to die now. And yes. then it fires on the being. Yes, and, and blows it explodes it screaming. And then, but Kirk still thinks, well, I'm yeah. still toast, because he literally goes, come on then, you bastard, shoot me. Yeah, you cling on back. He's just stood there, isn't he? Yeah. Oh. And then suddenly he gets beamed aboard. And the su- the supervising Klingon man gets the Yes, the ambassador warrior, who was captured. Yeah, yeah to apologise to him. That's amazing. Like He's a like, school I'm kid. Really, it's mm. so, I know it's like... Well, because most Klingons, I mean, every Klingon that mm. faces Kirk will event will always get blasted in their ship somehow yeah. in every movie. Yeah. In this one, he's just like an errant schoolchild being yeah. being like in front of the headmaster and going, "I'm very sorry, sir." And apologise to <laughs> Arthur Bostrom. Apologise to Arthur Bostrom. I'm very sorry, Arthur Bostrom. Knee problem. He sounds Jamaican <laughs> now. He's like, Shove it up your ooze. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you took that shit. Shot. And of course, because you always have to have shot, by the way, mm-hmm. you, and they always have to have that lovely. They always have to have a comedy, beautiful spot moment. Yep. Where they go, allow me to uh, allow us to show you who the gunner was who blew mm. God away, etc. Yeah. And there's very slow gzz, as the gunner as the gunner mantle turns around. There's yeah. Spock. Spock, beautiful, lovely. And I love this because Kirk goes, "I thought I was going to die," yeah. and he goes to hug Spock, and Spock mm. just goes, yeah. "Please, Captain, not in front of the Klingons." <laughs> It's so Again, perfect. so many laughs in this film. It's all played for laughs. Yep. Not, not in front of the Klingons. It's so funny. <laughs> and then they have the bit where they're all together again on the start on the um, the mothership thing. Yes. The base, the head, head headquarters. The, yeah. And he, uh, McCoy gives the Klingon guy some Tennessee whiskey in his drink. Yeah. Which is fun. Yeah. And then um, they Spock's like, you know, it's really sad. I've just met my brother again and now I've lost him. I, I don't know how to feel about that. And then Kirk says, I lost a brother once. And then looks at Spock and goes, luckily I got him, I got him back. Oh, and then McCoy on. goes, I thought you said men like us don't have families. And then he looks oh. at McCoy and goes, I was wrong. I was oh. wrong because you're, you're my family. Oh, oh my God, come on. <laughs> It's just so lovely and innocent mm. and sweet. Mm. You're my family. I know we don't get along sometimes, but God mm. damn it, I love you. And then we cut to them all <laughs> back doing shore leave again. And it just ends with them just singing row, row, row your boat as the camera gently drifts away. And it's but this time a, Spock's playing the song on his like Klingon guitar thing. Spock's got his space mandolin, whatever it is. they're doing the round perfectly. They're all doing the row, row, row yeah, boat. he's oh. doing it lovely. And mm. here's a lovely thing. They shot the, when, they, when Shatner was doing it, they shot the Montana campfire scenes last. It was the last thing they did. Mm. And when they finished shooting, that's where they had the rap party. Oh, isn't that lovely? And apparently Shatner, lovely. It, Shatner insisted on that. Like, and we're all done, and here we are, all are now outside around a big fire, and that's where they all came and had their rap party afterwards. Oh, that is lovely. That's really lovely. Again, family. It's such a lovely notion. Yeah, it's a, I, such a brave thing to do in it sci-fi. It really is. It really is. And to just celebrate a... mates and family mm. and mm. and aging and death and. Um, a feeling of being inadequate, take on those big weighty issues, which is why Star Trek's always been, you know, I hate that term, but the thinking man Star Wars. Yeah, but it just is. It just is. It is, and it's very important in terms of the relationships of these three characters because you've had, you had Wrath of Khan, which established that they're all old friends. Then you had Search and Spock, where they had to find Spock again, and he got his memory back. Then you yeah. had Four, where he's behaving like a proper Vulcan. Yes. And then the beginning of this one he is, and then by as you say, by the end he's saying, "Damn you! I want you to do this." Because yeah. he's, he's fallen back in love with these friends that he had for years ago. And it's just exactly perfect, perfect film. I just think this is a lovely, lovely film. And it gets, I, I really can't stand that thing about 
you know, only the even numbers Star Trek films are good. No, I don't that's think rubbish. That's true at all. I would watch this over Voyage Home. Absolutely. Every time, and I like yeah. Voyage Home, hmm. but there's not enough sci-fi in Voyage Home for me. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it's not in space, so I therefore go. Eh. Yeah. Um, I'd rather watch this than Voyage Home. And me Voyage Home is great. Um, but obviously they say. I'm the... so happy that Shatner got his chance because yes. he was like, "Well, fucking Nimoy's done two now. Come on." Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but oh, but unfortunately, he did nearly break the franchise because it yeah. was a complete flop. It was a complete flop. But I think maybe if it had come out a year later, it yes, have done maybe. Right. Yeah, it would have got the, the right effects, and it would come out not against all these mammoth films. Yeah, not films about mammoths. That'd be weird. No, surely not. Although, um, what was out in 1990? They might have just equally have been like huge um, <laughs> ghost films. Oh, yeah. Well, there you go. Mm. But then you know you could so you could argue that they saved these well. Second or third best for last, so yes, possibly because the next film yeah. is extraordinary. It is, hmm. yeah, which we will cover. We will, for we must, and it will be a sad it's day. It's our when first we do. best destiny. It, yeah. Yes, I suppose it was. Well, I dare we carry on and go into the? I suppose we do because we've, I mean, we well. we've got to. Well, we have to because also we've got to cover Kirk's generations. Last... Yeah, yeah, we gotta do generations. Which belies what he said in this film. Dog shit. Yeah, yeah, it really does. Yeah, yeah. It's completely picks up that bit of the script, wipes his ass with it, throws it in the bin. Yeah, it really does. Yeah, yeah. I didn't even have. He didn't even have the common decency to feature Arthur Bostrom. Doesn't he have the good grace? <laughs> Planet Bostrom. Bostrom would be better than Malcolm Mac, um, Malcolm McDowell, though. It would be so much better. Mm. I hate generations so much. It's a really bad film. Mm, I, th- I don't like any of the next gen films, but oh, I think First Contact's do. really yeah. good. Mm. I love First Contact a lot, um, uh, but then it gets hard. Well, we'll, we'll cover them. We'll cover them. Yeah, I think I, we should. I'm going to be very sad. I mean, I, I can't wait to talk about Six, but I'll be sad when it yes. ends. Yes. Cause... Yeah. Mm. But you know, they got six. They, they got yeah. six. They got six, so, and they, they should have only got three, really, shouldn't they? I mean, they really should have. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I'm so happy they got six. Me too. And I'm so I just love how uh, it just doubles down with the with the maybe apart from the last film, it just always doubles down on just the heart of of that sense of their family all yes. the time. Yes, and that's what I love about it. It just reinforces it every time mm. about just good mates that who will who will, who've got your back no matter what, and that's yeah. kind of what it's always about. Which yeah. is just it's a lovely idea. But not only that, you get the double bonus of the, not only the fact that you you enjoy how close they are, you feel close to them as an audience as well. So you feel a part of it, and it's just absolutely. So the little bond mots that all the characters have are amplified because they've earned it because you love them so mm. much. So yeah. when Spock does the slow reveal, he's the gunner. You cheer mm. a bit. Of course, yeah. it's Spock. Mm. You know, the, and the, uh, in the hands of another franchise, it just weirdly it wouldn't work as much with Star Wars. No, it wouldn't. Star Wars doesn't quite have the heart. It has its mythos, but its mythos is a bit just, it, there's good and evil, that's it. Yeah. Whereas Star Trek is so much more than that. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Star Trek's quite often about not thinking you know a character and then being surprised or deceived by them. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Star Wars isn't so much about that. As you say, it's very black and white. But thank you so much, Paul, for joining me oh, on The Final Frontier. Oh, I loved it. Not I'm the so left ear, so not glad the right we covered. Mm. I'm so glad we covered as well. Bostrom, we finally got that done. Oh, thank God. And and of course, Scotty pretending to be a newly hatched chick. I'm so glad <laughs> we got that covered as well. Can you imagine the vitriol we'd have got in the comments if we hadn't talked about Bostrom? If we didn't talk about it, exactly. Yeah, or the chick. <laughs> uh, thank God. <laughs> or, you know, thank the person who wants to borrow our Sparsh Starship, I should say. Yeah, thank you. Oh, thank sorry, you. I've drunk too much you. wine. That's all right. I'm drinking wine too. Mm. It's, a, it's a bottle of wine uh, film, this. It definitely is. Yeah. Mm. Right. Well, we'll be back again yeah. at some juncture, hopefully yes. this year, to, to to polish off the seven, if you pardon the expression. The um, the uh, what's it called again? Star Trek. The the undiscovered country. The undiscovered country. Mm. It features a cameo from Christian Slater. Christian Slater. Yeah. And of course, you've got Christopher Plummer. Oh. 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 That's gonna be lovely. Yeah. Well, I we'll we'll discuss that very soon. But thank you so much, Paul. You're welcome. And until next time, Gidbo. Oh, yeah, I see. Um, yeah. S- uh, Sidoff. <laughs>